1: First responders, we often take them for granted, but we all appreciate them when we need them. They often go unnoticed. The fact is we have a free society that functions well because of our amazing military and first responders. However, our first responders see and hear and experience things that scar them and cause them much mental anguish. Where do they go to get encouraged and talk through their daily struggles? Warriors don't need help. They're invincible, right? I don't think so. So on all my travels and meetings, I recently ran into Dan Middlebrook. He runs a ministry where he touches the lives of those in harm's way all day long. Our first responders. Listen in today, as Dan shares how this workplace isn't a simple one, and then then later on, we're going to have some of those first responders call in and share how their lives have been impacted by the ministry of chaplaincy care. You can find him online at r3cc.org, Dan Middlebrook, welcome to High Work For Him. Dan, how did you come to be a Christ follower?
2: Well, actually, that was a great thing, because nine months before I was born, I was in church. <laughs> but the thing is, is I realized that uh, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian, just like you know, sleeping in a garage doesn't make you a car. Of course, then again, I, I do have a spare tire, but that's beside the point. When I uh, grew up as a child, I have a loving family. And uh, by the age of eight years old, uh, we began to not only see and sense something in my life, but through Vacation Bible School, which is why I'm a big proponent of ministering and taking care of our kids, that's when I came to the understanding that it was because of my sin uh, that die, Christ had to die on the cross. And so at eight years old, even though a kid, you're like, well, how much sin does it It doesn't matter how much sin you have. Uh, all it takes is one to fall short of the glory of God. And realizing that, I asked Christ to come into my heart started that uh, journey as a child of God and uh, have it looked back ever since and God has been an incredible blesser uh, all along that way. Uh, even in the direction where he was leading me, uh, though sometimes I wasn't really interested in being a part of it.
1: So what did that career path look like that led you today to chaplaincy care found online at r3cc.org?
2: <laughs> it, when it started actually at age 16, I, uh, I felt that God was leading me into the ministry, but uh, at that time, I saw what a country church could do to a pastor, and I said, you know, God, I, I'm really not interested in that. So I began to, to do things my way. You ever been there before? Uh, where you say, oh, God, I, <laughs> yeah, I've I, screwed up my life many
1: therapy. times doing things my way, Dan.
2: <laughs> and actually, uh, I had uh, decided to go into the United States Army and to do physical therapy. I tried to rationalize with God that, you know, when I lay hands on people now, I can help them in their healing process. Uh, but really, what God began to do is allow me to do the things my way, but ultimately gave me the, uh, I guess it was more of the final call. Uh, in um, uh, 1988 at Huntsville, Alabama, Redstone Arsenal, is when God says you could either do it my way and be satisfied or your way and never be. And mm-hmm. once God gives you an ultimatum like that, it's time to listen. Uh, funny thing is, is, with all my patients, because I did therapy in the uh, Army, they asked me, are you going to be an Army chaplain? And I said, nope, I'm not going to be an Army chaplain. They can't do the things that I think God calls them to do. And God has a way of opening your eyes and breaking your heart. And right where I was in the ministry of working with soldiers, our warriors, God says, this is going to be your mission field. Uh-huh. So I began that journey as a chaplain and have... Um, had incredible opportunities to minister uh, to our men and women, the sons and daughters, the moms and dads uh, that protect our nation. In uh, February 2013, uh, God had called me to go ahead and put in my uh, uh, retirement papers to turn down Lieutenant Colonel and to step out into the ministry. Susan is a tremendous lady that has not only a strong faith, but she has a strong passion uh, to take care of those who are around her, especially in the... Uh, life of uh, of a law enforcement person, uh, realizing that when she comes out, uh, she comes out more than just wearing a badge. She represents a shield, and that shield is a part of the armor of God. And that's Mm -hmm. what I appreciate so much about
1: Susan. Susan Bradford, welcome to I Work For Him. How has having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder?
3: Well, it's been a great encouragement having someone pray um, for you and to encourage you um, in your, you know, path, your career. And um, also, he's been, um, I'm a manager, I'm a captain at the sheriff's office. so. Um, it's been a tool for me in my toolbox. Um, when opportunities arise, um, I can refer him over um, to, to, you know, law enforcement when they're um, facing struggles um, or even maybe personal crisis. Um, and that has been good. He has also um, provided um, leadership training, very positive training. And I know in the future they're wanting, um, to put together classes for marriages for law enforcement, mm. which is, um, Phew. something I'm really excited about. Yeah. So as a first responder,
1: how, how would you like us as, as the iWorkframe audience? And we talk about all different kinds of workplaces across the country. How would you like us, the uh, Christ followers listening to the show? How would you like us praying for our first responders? How would you like us praying for you?
3: Well, I would say, um, for stronger marriages. Um, for protection for our families um, so we can concentrate on the job um, that we need to do every day and um, also, you know, that we're strong to handle what needs to be done in, in the communities we serve.
1: Susan, last question. How important is it for you to live out your faith where you serve each and every day?
3: Well, I I just feel that um, the Lord put me in this position um, almost 30 years ago, and it has been my desire um, in the different areas that I've worked to point people to Christ, and um, it's just such an honor to serve the citizens um, of Hillsborough County, and I definitely couldn't do my job without the Lord giving me strength and protection like He has over the years.
1: All right, Dan Middlebrooks. Why don't you introduce our next caller, Jim Wilson?
2: Yeah, Jim has been a tremendous friend of mine. When I retired from the military, and I realized uh, you never retire from God's service; you just get reassigned. Uh, met him there in Planned City as a member of our uh, first responders in reference to fire and rescue and his background with EMS and medical and has been just a tremendous asset not only to Planned City but an incredible friend and brother in the Lord and someone that knows what it means to not only take care of a physical heart but the importance of taking care of a spiritual heart as well.
1: Jim Wilson, welcome to I Work For Him. How did you find out about Dan Middlebrooks and chaplaincy care?
4: We were very fortunate because uh, Chaplain Middlebrooks actually came into our fire department, introduced himself, and I knew right away what a powerful man of God this individual is. And as you can imagine, we have many challenges that we face um, day to day. And um, it was just incredible the amount of strength I felt just by having him around and being able to talk to him and to, uh, to basically sort things out, if you will, uh, because we do end up dealing with a lot of tragedies of others, and sometimes it can leave what I actually call my scar tissue,
1: mm-hmm. and
4: uh, so it kind of it kind of grew from there.
1: It, it is uh, I, your job, definitely. I mean, the only I, I I can't imagine being a first responder and not being a Christ follower because the only way to heal those scars and help you make it through would be Jesus. So, let me ask you this question: How has having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder?
4: It actually helped so immensely. To me to make the realization that for years i honestly had this misnomer that i was somehow fighting against god's will if i responded to the aid of someone in need and i was trying to save their life because it's it's god's will they're supposed to pass um having a chaplain around has helped me kind of sort things out and to come to the realization that i am but a tool in the toolbox and it's god's will for me to have been there and to uh, to be able to intervene and ultimately if i do end up making a difference somehow and uh Ultimately, the person does survive the event, and it was all God's will. His will be done. Uh, and so the chaplain helped me enormously in sorting that out and, and coming to accept that, which naturally strengthened my relationship with the Lord uh, immensely. I find myself on my knees praying and saying thanks for the opportunities I'm afforded as a first responder, but also uh, to allow me to, to basically help others.
1: So, as a first responder, how would you like us, the I Work for him audience, praying for you?
4: Oh, boy, that is so humbling, and I really appreciate that. Just uh, for strength and for guidance as we make important decisions that are quite literally sometimes life and death, and and most importantly, that my relationship with the Lord continues to grow and continues to become even more stronger than it already is, um, because through Him. All things are possible, and without Him, none are. And Chaplain Middlegoats has really driven that, that message home for me as, as an individual.
1: Last question, Jim Wilson. The, here, here it is. How important is it for you to live out your faith where you serve each and every day as a first responder?
4: It is absolutely critical. All of the duties that I perform are founded on the principles of doing to others. The simple guiding principles of love, empathy, compassion, respect, dignity everything that I would like to think that the Lord Jesus Christ would look down and smile upon that kind of service and say, yes, well done, That that's exactly what you're supposed to do for your fellow human beings. And uh, so it definitely impacts uh, how I treat even the lesser of our society. They deserve to be treated with nothing but kindness, love, empathy, dignity, respect, and compassion. Mm. And uh, all of it comes from the heart. And uh, I believe that my relationship with the Lord has definitely made me a better first responder, a better firefighter, paramedic, um, a better husband, a
1: better person. Dan, why don't you introduce our next caller, Larry Rogers?
5: You, the great thing about Larry, Larry is a great, great friend of mine. Basically, we started out when we went to high school together, came back home. Uh, when I was a pastor of Hopewell Baptist Church, phenomenal church in Plant City in that transitional period, is, uh, Larry had started coming to the church, but he was not only with, uh, the, the fire and rescue, but he's also with our security that covers so many of our kids in all of our schools. And, and Larry has a tremendous love for the Lord, but he has a love for what he does as far as making sure that people around him are taken care of because he is a servant with a servant's heart.
1: Larry Rogers, welcome to I Work For Him. So let me just ask you this question, Larry Rogers. How is having access to a chaplain helped you as a first responder?
6: i tell you, it is awesome. Through my previous career in fire rescue, I was involved a lot in training. Training new firefighters, new recruits, and even in my position now, handling emergency management needs uh at at our our school level for uh, over 200,000 students and and staff members at our schools, Um, one thing that that really isn't approached to these responders and such are preparations for things that you're going to see that you're going to encounter. Um, and to prepare the mind, prepare the heart. It could be everything from a work schedule that, that, yeah, you're going to, you know, miss your son's football game for work. You're going to miss your daughter's birthday party. You're going to work on your anniversary. Um, all these things that, that play into it. And a lot of times it's, it's hard for some of these folks to, you know, keep home at home, work at work, the things they, they face daily on the street i can remember a, a rookie firefighter way back years ago that his first five shifts on the job that he worked that we ran fatality calls um for for every shift and, and i remember him coming back and, and me being a supervisor and him saying you know i really don't know um that if, if, if i can handle this if, if this is what this job is going to entail i you know i signed on the you know, fight fire and, and, and respond to calls, but to go out and face fatalities every day and I you know I had to sit down and try to explain to him it's not the norm really that we go out and we face these things every shift. You just hit a certain little streak but He must how awesome have started at
1: spring break or something like that.
6: Yeah, I mean how awesome it would be to to be able to to, to be able to engage a, a chaplain in that because a lot of times the, these These responders are kind of hesitant to go to a supervisor. they don't want to appear like you know they're weak or this is troubling them don't want to give that image to a supervisor where a chaplain can step in and really assist.
1: How important is it for you to live out your faith every day where you work and where you serve?
6: very important and and just that you know the the people that around me that that I work with know that you know they can they can come to me with these issues without fear of you know, as, as going to a supervisor that, that, you know, makes them feel like maybe they're incapable of doing the job. It has nothing to do with that. It's just that the, the heart and the mind needs some comfort. And mm-hmm. who better to provide that comfort than our Lord Jesus
1: Christ? Amen. Dan, the stories we've heard from Susan and Jim and Larry, and I'm sure those stories can be multiplied thousands of times over.
5: That they are. Matter of fact, the thing is, in reference to the stories that we have, and, and really, uh, stories are the very ink in our life that allows us to be able to put into paper that which God has done within our lives. And we can either share it, or we can keep it secret. And these stories are are multiplied as people know that the only way that they can engage in a fullness of of resiliency, of a relationship, of uh, of understanding how God has wired us is that we've got to go to the one who wired us. And that helps us to be able to face what's ever in front of us. He's the shepherd that has the eyes that see over the hill and around the curves. We just need to walk in his wake.
1: What do you see (laughs) as the most unique needs that you serve in serving first responders?
5: Well, think about it in this way. When you are walking and you're you're sitting around like a fire, you know, when many times like we for first of the new year and so we have a big bonfire. When you walk away from that, you carry away from that sometimes the heat of the fire, but most importantly, you carry away the smoke. On your clothes.
1: Absolutely. Think about it in this well, way. And usually when, for me, it's little burn marks on my clothes, too, because yeah, I got a little, little too. Close. I, well, I was
5: playing in the fire. Is usually what yeah, it was, yeah. To, for me, it's usually like marshmallows because I usually get hit by them. But we walk away with that smoke. Now, think about it this way. When I, a first responder, law enforcement, fire and rescue, security, whatever it is, when they engage in something traumatic, they now come away with a smoke on the soul, And it helps for someone to be able to come alongside of them saying, I, I smell smoke. Did you just go through this? To have someone who identifies what they're going through, what they have gone through, and it's not there to fix them, as it is to walk with them, lead them into a direction that's going to help in the process of healing, and then also be able to be a part of that that uh, that camaraderie, of fellowship, of those that realize you do know what I'm talking about. Now let's just walk together so we can heal together. I had to work a lot with our our medical personnel to help them. Uh, not get to a saturation point. That saturation point is when you start getting filled up and then you get fed up. And you need to be able to start talking through and processing that and and making sure that you're not taking anything with you. All the death and destruction that I saw uh, at the end of every single day, I laid them at the feet of the Father so I could rest. That's what helped me to not be able to carry a lot of this back with me. Uh, But it also taught me a very important principle. What you hold on to is either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. It's either going to be a tombstone or it's going to be a stepping stone. The choice is up to us. Hmm. And what we do with our first responders, our our military, as well as our law enforcement, fire and rescue, is teaching them that all it takes to make a tombstone, a stepping stone, is just to push forward. It Hmm. steps down, and God allows it to become a pathway that doesn't define who we are. It just simply creates the direction of where we need to go. All right, you've been listening to I Work For Him with your
1: host, Jim Brangenberg. Let's remind ourselves that our mission is simple and our calling is unique. It's no mistake that you and I work where you do and with whom that you work. We need to remind ourselves daily of our mission,
0: I Work For Him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him PowerPod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power Pack content